Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 198, My Most Memorable Misses. And I am your host and the guy who has been wearing them out. Them are the chipmunks around my house. I quit counting about two weeks ago, but my best guess is that I have trapped and removed about 30 chipmunks over the past month. You may remember me telling you that my wife and I re-landscaped our yard, front and side yard, late last year. And, well, neither one of us want the chipmunks tearing up the yard. So they've been disappearing, and it has now been about three days since I caught a chipmunk in the trap. There will be more, but I think I put a pretty big dent in their population. I mean, at this point, what else do I have to do? I've been catching a few fish, doing a few mortgages, getting some chores done around the house, but we're 219 days, 11 hours, 5 minutes and 9 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And there's just not much more entertaining activities than setting a trap in your backyard to catch chipmunks. So I've got to tell you guys that this topic that we're going to cover today can be and probably will be a topic that is repeated in the future because I'm not too shy to say that I just have too many misses and stories that go along with them to put into one single solitary episode. But we're going to talk about some of those misses today. This is an episode that I have so many mixed emotions about. I'm already smiling and a little PO'd right now just thinking about the topic. And I haven't even gotten to the first story yet, but I'm mostly smiling. Mostly smiling. The reason that I'm smiling is that any time I get a male wild turkey fooled into thinking that I am a female wild turkey, I can't help but smile and be happy. What is not to love about being that close to one of the wildest creatures on this planet? The spit and drum, the rattle and the gobble that you can only hear when that eastern wild turkey is about 50 yards from you, the red, white, and blue in his head, the way he practically doubles in size when he blows up in full strut, 
just to impress me. I love it. And I know that you guys love it too. I also know that you know the feeling that I'm talking about and the excitement that builds up in you when he finally comes out of strut, telescopes his head up to look one more time for that hen that he's been hearing calling to him. And you ease off the safety, draw a bead on him, and smoothly squeeze the trigger. Your ears start ringing as you recover from the recoil of the shotgun and you're ripped from the euphoria of the previous moments by the realization that the turkey you just shot at is not flopping, but running, or worse, flying away. Now all of a sudden there are new feelings that you have. What just happened? How did this happen? Did I wound him? Did he run off and die? I'm an idiot. I should have waited for one more second before I shot. I should have slowed down. I shoulda, I shoulda, I shoulda. Then, after doing your own best impression of a crime scene investigator, you determine that you did not wound the turkey, and he did not run off and die. You cleanly missed, and you proceed to literally and figuratively kick your own butt, not only all the way back to your vehicle, but every single day for the next week. Waking up in cold sweats at 1 a.m., having dreamed of that botched opportunity. It's okay, you think, as you wipe off the sweat from your face. I'll forget about it in time. But your mind does not believe your lips. And your mind knows to remind you of that miss during a staff meeting in August, during church in October. How about when you're opening presents on Christmas Day? And, of course, your mind reminds you of it when you pull out your turkey gun from the gun safe to pattern it at the range in late February. Your mind will never let you forget your catch and release turkey tactics. It is stored in your mind right between the memories of your marriage and the birth of your firstborn child. So today I want to share with you guys my most memorable misses because most of my misses now, and I mean like today, make me smile with pleasure just as much as they make me shake my head in disgust and disbelief. So here are some of my most memorable misses. That's a lot of alliteration, is it not? My most memorable misses. And these are in no particular order. But the first one that I've got on the list is one that you guys already know of if you listen to the show regularly. And that miss is what I'm now calling the fly-down turkey from this past spring. And I'm not going to go over the story of this one again because I gave you the in-depth blow-by-blow of that hunt with audio from that hunt in episode number 180. And you guys can always go back and listen to that. But that particular hunt and miss is memorable for me for a couple of reasons. It is proof positive and a great reminder that roosted ain't roasted when it comes to turkeys. But it is probably most memorable for me because the turkey practically landed in my lap when he flew down. I mean, maybe, maybe he was six feet from me. He was probably less than that. I mean, I was afraid that he was going to bump into my shotgun or me before he finally came to a stop after he hit the ground. And do you remember that shoulda 
feeling that you have when you miss a turkey? I should have done this. I should have done that. Here's mine for this hunt. I should have body shot that turkey. At six feet or less, I feel pretty certain that I would have immobilized that turkey with a body shot. I probably would have messed up some of the meat, but at least I would have had some meat to go with this incredible story. Now, if you guys haven't heard the story of the fly down turkey, it's in episode number 180. It is definitely worth your time to listen to. I think that episode turned out very nicely, if I do say so myself. Another very memorable miss for me is the whiskey turkey. Now, I'm also not going to share this miss with you guys either because you can hear the story of the whiskey turkey in episode 17. But this miss is memorable for many, many reasons. First, because it was not really my miss. I mean, I did shoot and miss, and okay, three times to be exact. But I was not the shooter on this hunt. Well, I wasn't supposed to be the shooter on this hunt. But I was made the shooter on this hunt because my buddy Eric, or Earache, as we sometimes call him, first missed this turkey. The whiskey turkey possessed Eric for the entire season that year. And Eric was obsessed with trying to kill this turkey. He hunted that turkey every single weekend. And he even drove an hour and a half from his house to his hunting camp a few times during the week before work to hunt that turkey. That hunt was a picture-perfect hunt on a turkey that completely dominated Eric's thoughts that spring, and he blew the shot. After the excitement of his miss and my three misses on that running turkey that was absolutely leaving not just the county, but the entire state of Alabama, that turkey was getting out of Dodge. After all that excitement, Eric and I regrouped, and I couldn't stop myself from laughing at the situation. He wanted this turkey so badly. He was having dreams about that turkey. And he had the turkey dead to rights at about 25 yards and muffed the shot. He almost shot about a four or six inch tree in half with his shot. Now, another one of the main reasons why the miss on the whiskey turkey is so memorable for me is just obviously because of the humor in the situation but also because I can totally relate to Eric in his obsession with that turkey, finally getting that turkey into range, and finally being able to get a shot at that turkey and missing. The reason that I can relate to that is the story of the next memorable miss, and that miss was on the mentor turkey. Now, I need to tell you why he has the name that he has. First of all, I don't like naming turkeys when they're alive. I like to name turkeys after they've been killed. Some of these turkeys that I've missed have gotten named after they should have been killed. But the mentor turkey was one of the two gobblers that taught me just an unbelievable number of lessons about turkey hunting over the 15 turkey seasons that I hunted him. All right, so that 
may be an exaggeration a little bit. I don't think it was quite 15 seasons, but seriously, it was four or five seasons that I hunted this turkey. And this turkey had my number. I was a green turkey hunter at the time, and it seemed like everything that I did to get this turkey didn't work. This turkey lived on some property that my parents owned at the time, and their house was on this property. So in the mornings before work, I would drive over to their house, park the truck, get out, and hunt this turkey. There were multiple mornings where I would hunt that turkey for a couple of hours before work and have no luck with him whatsoever. I would leave to go to work, and my mother would call me about an hour after I got to work and say, where are you, honey? And I'd say, I'm at work. What's going on? Oh, I just drove down the road, and I just called you to let you know that your turkey was standing on the side of the driveway this morning when I drove by. So one of the lessons that this turkey taught me is that sometimes turkeys are pretty easy to pattern, and I was oblivious to this turkey's pattern for a long time. But this turkey would roost on either side of the highest hill in this area. He would fly down, and at some point in the morning, he would end up on top of this hill, and he would gobble and strut and gobble and gobble and gobble. And this turkey gobbled his brains out, what seemed like every day. So one day I eventually figured out that that turkey was at some point in the morning, every single morning, on that hill. I decided I'm just going to go sit on the top of that hill. I don't care where the turkey's roosted. I know he is coming to that hill to strut and gobble and try to call hens to him. I know that's what he's going to do. There's no reason for me to wait for him to gobble on the roost and then go try and set up on him while he's on the roost in hopes that I can call him to me after he hits the ground. I'm going to the top of the hill and I'm going to sit there and I'm not going to say a word. I'm not going to make a turkey sound. I'm just going to sit there. So the next morning, that is exactly what I did. Knowing that I had an appointment at work at 10 o'clock, I knew that I needed to be out of the woods at 9.15 in order to give myself enough time to Superman into my work clothes, jump in my truck, and make the whopping 15 or 20 minute drive from my parents' house to my office. So the next day, I am sitting against a pine tree on the top of this ridge in an area where I can see about 100 yards to my left and I can see about 75 yards to my right. I've got some briars and some bushes around me. I'm pretty well hidden and I wait for it to get daylight. It gets daylight and I have yet to hear the mentor turkey gobble. Not once on the roost did he gobble. That was unusual, but I told myself, I'm just going to sit here and wait on him to come up to the ridge and gobble and strut, and he's going to walk by me, and he's going to walk within 40 yards of me, and it'll be over. So I waited, and I waited, and he never gobbled. An hour went by after fly down time. Nothing. Two hours went by after fly down time with nothing. Two and a half hours after fly down, still nothing. I am still sitting there 
on the top of this hill, as motionless as I can be, tucked away in a little bit of a briar thicket. My hope is starting to dwindle. Finally, I look at my watch, and it is nine o'clock. And I said to myself, I've got to go. I've got a 15-minute walk to get back to the truck. I've got to have a few minutes to change clothes. And I've got to have a few minutes to get to the office. And I don't need to be wheeling into the office to my appointment right at 10 o'clock. I need to be there a few minutes early. I have to go. So I quietly got up, put my calls back in my vest, walked directly across the top of the ridge that I was sitting on, walking towards my truck. I walked down the hill. I got to the bottom of the hill, and the mentor turkey gobbled at the top of the hill, right where I was sitting. It was like he was on the other side of the hill behind me, watching me, waiting on me to get up to leave. And when I left, he went running up to the top of the hill and gobbled at me just to give me a great big screw you. When he gobbled, I just shook my head in disbelief and just walked onto the truck and listened to him gobble time and time again until I got out of hearing range. That turkey had my number. But one morning, my buddy Todd and I went to my parents. We got in on top of that same hill. We sat down. We were actually were at the end of the hill where the hill starts to tow off and drop off. Todd was sitting behind me. I was the designated shooter that day. The turkey is up on top of the hill, about 75 yards or 80 yards from us, gobbling as Todd's calling to him. And I'm waiting on this turkey to show up. I don't know what we did that morning. If we did anything, could have been that we were just in the right spot, or maybe the turkey was just in the right mood. You know how they can be. But after about 30 or 45 minutes of Todd messing with that turkey, calling to him off and on, I see a red head come up over the top of the briars, and then that head goes back down. When that happened, I clicked my safety off. I moved the gun over to where I thought the turkey was about to pop his head back up, and he popped his head back up again. I got down on the gun and shot, and when I did, that turkey took off running the other direction away from me, and I hear this very loud laughter coming from behind me. And Todd is literally rolling on the ground, laughing at me, laughing at the whole situation, really, because that turkey, the mentor turkey, Todd and I hunted that turkey a lot. We would call each other and have strategy meetings during the day, during turkey season, about the mentor turkey. And then finally, I get the opportunity and I blew it. I blew it. I have no earthly idea. Did I shoot over him? Did I shoot left, right? Did I shoot a shotgun shell that just had confetti in it instead of shot? I don't know. I have no earthly idea how I missed that turkey. But I missed that turkey. And I was sick over that for the longest time. Now, I ended up killing the mentor turkey. Not on that ridge. Because that turkey was not as fond of that ridge anymore like he was before I shot at him. But I killed that turkey on the top of the next ridge away from my parents' house. And he was a moose of a turkey as well. So even though the miss on the mentor turkey was early on in my turkey hunting career, it was not my first miss. My first miss was a couple of years earlier on a bird at 
my hunting camp. And it was not actually a miss on a bird that I'd hunted before, unlike the mentor turkey. But my first miss, I can remember this like it was yesterday. Todd and I were at the camp. We'd gotten down there on a Friday afternoon and hunted together, but didn't have any luck Friday afternoon. And Friday night, a cold front comes through. And the cold front brought in some pretty crappy weather. The next day, the high was in the 50s. The wind was blowing about 15 to 20 miles an hour, and it was very cloudy. Because Todd and I knew that the weather was going to be bad that Saturday, we decided to split up and just increase our odds of being able to hear a turkey gobble that day. So I went on one side of the paved road from our camp house, and Todd went and hunted behind our camp house. I covered a lot of ground that morning, and as I was walking out of the area that I'd been hunting, without hearing a turkey gobble at all, not one time, I'm walking out, I am almost to the paved road. I'm probably 150 yards from the paved road. And I hear a turkey just hammer about 60, 65 yards from me. Well, I'm walking down the main road that runs through this piece of property. And I thought, surely I can call that turkey out of the woods onto this main road and kill him. It can't be that hard. So I step back. I find a really good cedar tree to get up against. One that's got a lot of branches around it, but it's got a good spot on the inside for me to sit down and lean up against. And so I do that. I'm sitting on this cedar tree. I'm tucked in, hidden very well, but I still have a good view of this road and where I think this turkey's going to walk out. I took my slate call and just very quietly clucked two or three times, put the slate call down, got on the gun, and waited. It was about five minutes later that that turkey popped out of the woods onto the main road that I was walking on and starts to walk towards me. He is well within range. I get a bead on him, click the safety off, and I shoot. And I don't think that I have seen that turkey since. That turkey took off running down the road away from me and was gone. And I have zero idea how I missed that turkey. No idea what I did to miss him. That first miss cut me deep, real deep, because just the night before at dinner, Todd and I were talking, having a few cold beers, and I made mention, you know, I think the reason that I've never missed a turkey is because I don't get all that nervous when I see a turkey. I don't get shaky or jittery when I see a turkey. Yeah, I really said that to him the night before I missed a turkey for the first time. So when I got back to the camp house, of course Todd asked me if I heard anything, and I said yes. And he said, well, and I said, remember last night when we were talking about the fact that I've never missed? And he said, oh no, don't tell me. And he kind of laughed and said, yeah, I remember that, and I have a feeling I know what you're about to tell me. And I said, yep, it's true. We can mark that I never have off of my list of things that I have never done. Now, I didn't know, obviously, that that would be the first miss of a large number of misses for me. More misses, in fact, than I think some very experienced turkey hunters have in kills. And I know that sounds crazy to hear, but I know for a fact that I have missed at least 23 turkeys. 23 
turkeys. Two, three, 23 turkeys. In states where hunters are allowed a bag limit of one turkey per season, a hunter would need 23 years of killing one bird a year to kill the same number of birds that I've missed. And now you may be thinking, Andy, it sounds almost like you're bragging about missing turkeys. And you're right. I don't really want to brag about anything, whether it's got anything to do with turkey hunting or not. But I'm not ashamed of missing turkeys. And I've come to the realization now that it is the most fun way to catch and release wild turkeys. I have embraced my annual miss on a turkey. And I'm going to share one more with you in this episode. One more miss that I have embraced. And that is the Green Mile Turkey Miss. The Green Mile Miss happened during what I'm going to call my cocky years of turkey hunting. The cocky years were the years when I really could do no wrong while turkey hunting. The years when I was limited out with my five turkeys in Alabama before the end of the first week in April, leaving three to four weeks during the month of April for me to go hunting, and I'm using air quotes here, to go hunting without a gun for turkeys. And that irritated my buddies to no end. The fact that I would go out with them and not take a gun after I limited out. But why should I take a gun? Why should I have that extra weight with me? I'm not going to shoot a turkey. And if we call in a coyote or a bobcat, they've got guns. They can shoot. So I didn't need a gun. So those were the cocky years. And the Green Mile miss went down during that cocky time period. And it went down like this. So it was late morning. And... I had heard several turkeys gobbling that morning, but I could not get to them before they shut up. So I'm listening to two turkeys gobble way off in the distance. And I said to myself, you know, there's just such a small chance that I'm even going to be able to get to those two turkeys before they stop gobbling. They have to be a half to three quarters of a mile away. They were a long way off. But at this point, all the other turkeys have stopped gobbling. What do I have to lose? So I start walking towards them, and they're gobbling very well. I get onto the main road that runs through this property, and I can see down this road. It's a long straightaway. At the end of the straightaway, there's a dogleg left turn, and I can see probably 400 yards down this road before that dogleg left. So I'm walking down this road towards that dogleg left because that's where I hear the turkeys gobble. All of a sudden, around the curve in that road, up ahead of me, two turkeys step out into the road that I'm on. I ease my binoculars up. I look down there at the turkeys, and it's two hens. Well, it's all I can do now to get in a position to where I can even just stand still or maybe even squat down on the edge of the road. Because I'm not walking down the middle of the road. I'm walking down the edge of the road so that I'll be pretty close to some cover. But at this point, I can't get into that cover. So the two hens start walking towards me. About 15 seconds after I see the two hens, I see the two gobblers come around the curve in the road behind the hens. And I'm watching these four turkeys walk towards me. And I'm thinking, they're going to see me before I can get a shot at one of them. 
Well, there's a food plot that's about halfway between me and that dog leg left turn in that road. And the two hens continue walking towards me. They get to the road that runs into that food plot and they turn and they walk up that road to go into the food plot. The two gobblers are gobbling still and walking right in there behind the two hens. Well, when that happened, I thought, okay, now's my chance to get hidden, but I can't call one or both of those gobblers away from real live hens that I am pretty sure feeding in that food plot. That's breaking two cardinal rules of turkey behavior. One, leaving wild hens, and two, leaving a food plot to a hen calling off in the distance, trying to lure that gobbler out of a food plot. Most of the time, Alabama turkeys just don't do that. So I kind of decided at that time that I was going to get on the opposite side of the road because that's the side of the road that the food plot was on. And I was going to walk as quickly as I could to the corner of that road and see if by chance, maybe when those four turkeys got ready to leave that food plot, that they may come back out the same way they went in, and I'd be able to get a shot at one of those two gobblers at that point. So as I'm running that scenario through my head, I look down the road, and here come the two gobblers around the curve from that food plot and step back onto the main road. And they're coming towards me, and they're gobbling. Now, I had been calling up to that point in time because I was trying to get a better idea of where those turkeys were and what they were doing before I ever saw them the first time. So I'd been calling to them. They had heard calling coming from that area and they were coming to check it out. I watched those two turkeys walk that 200 yard stretch of road towards me, the road that I'm calling the Green Mile because that's what it should have been. The bird in the back would go down into strut, take a few steps and come out. The bird in the front never strutted. Even though he had a long beard on him, he never strutted. And I told myself as I was watching those turkeys come towards me, I'm going to let the turkey in the front walk past me if I have to so that I can get a shot at that strutter in the back. Remember, I told you these were the cocky years. I could do no wrong those years. So surely that would work. I want to be the big bad turkey hunter and shoot the strutter, shoot the dominant bird of those two. But what ended up happening is that those two birds ended up not being close together because the bird in the back kept stopping to strut and show off for this hen that he had heard down 200 yards away from him. The first bird was steady walking. So when the first bird gets in range, say 40 yards away from me, the second bird is 80 yards away from me. The first bird's continuing to walk in my direction, walks past the end of my gun, and is standing in the road about 10 yards from me, stop, looking dead at me while I'm watching the second turkey continue to walk towards us. And he gets closer and closer and closer. Meanwhile, the first turkey's getting a little more nervous, and I begin to think, okay, I've got to make a move. I've got to move my gun because I can't wait on the second turkey to walk right in front of my gun barrel like the first turkey did because I'm afraid the first turkey is about to freak out. So I made a move. And when I did, the first turkey freaks out. The second turkey gets a little bit nervous 
I swing the gun and get the gun on him. Safety's off. Boom! I shoot. The turkey kind of rolled a little bit. It got up and took off running. I never got an opportunity to get a second shot off at him. And after looking for him for about an hour, I never found him. I never found any blood. But what I did find were three feathers in the road where the turkey was when I shot. And today, as a reminder of that hunt and a reminder of the cocky years when I could do no wrong in the turkey woods, turkeys were just falling all over themselves to die at my hand. (laughs) I have a reminder of that hunt because those three feathers from that turkey are held into the base of that shotgun shell with wax and that shotgun shell hangs from a piece of barn wood in my office at my house along with all of the legs and beards from almost all of the turkeys that I've killed over all the years. And that one shotgun shell with three feathers has the date and some notes about that hunt written on the shotgun shell to serve as a reminder of the cocky years. Just when you think you can do no wrong, you'll discover you can do wrong. What did I do wrong on that hunt? (laughs) The obvious thing I did wrong was I didn't shoot the first turkey. He walked in front of my gun barrel. How did I not shoot him and not care about the strutter? Stupid move on my part. I should kill a turkey when I get the chance to kill a turkey, regardless of whether he's strutting or walking. Something I know to be fact is that many times, if you call two turkeys in and one's strutting and one is not, the turkey that is not strutting could have longer spurs and a longer beard than the strutter. I've seen it happen. So that's obviously the number one thing that I did wrong. The second thing I did wrong was I rushed the shot because I told myself I was going to have to quick draw the second turkey, even though he was oblivious to the fact that I was even in the same hemisphere as he was. The first turkey knew something was wrong, and I knew that to get the second turkey killed, I was going to have to act quickly. And when I acted quickly, I acted hastily, and I didn't get a good beat on the turkey and get a good shot on him. So those are the stories of all of the memorable misses I'm going to share with you guys today. You know, in years past, I would have to spend a few months in therapy to emotionally recover from talking as long as I have about missing turkeys like I have in this episode. Maybe it's my age or maybe it's the experience that I have missing turkeys that enables me to not only cope with the misses, but to be okay telling the world about them. Regardless of why I'm okay with it, missing a turkey is obviously never the goal of turkey hunting for me. And I know it's not yours either. But misses happen, and there's just as much to learn from a hunt that resulted in a miss as there is from a hunt ending with a flopping turkey. Maybe even more. So, with all of that said, I hope that you enjoyed those stories that I shared with you guys today. And don't forget to pattern your shotgun before starting your fall turkey season. Time and money spent at the range patterning your turkey shotgun is time and money well spent. With that said, I have one favor to ask of you guys this week, and that favor is this. Would you please like and share the post for this week's episode on social media? 
If you would do that, that would be a tremendous help for me. And with that said, I've got to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.